Hey friend, uh, let's just do an intro and okay. then... This is our first ever podcast that we it was like on our, our audition podcast. Yeah, remember the first seven episodes are yeah. on Patreon? Mm-hmm. And then there's one episode where you're like, I hate this story. So there's a secret eighth that, this, <laughs> that the, the story has to get cut out if we ever put it on Patreon or, every, or anywhere. Did we cut it out? I did. Uh, it, it, it sits in wait, Lori. It sits in wait. And discovered when I run for Senate for the Senate. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that story it got it's for sure edited out. Yeah. Yes. And but but before I would ever release it, I would listen to the entire episode to make sure it was edited out. You want me to? You no, no, you're, like, no, we good. Okay. No, it, this is not that episode. This is the very first time that we ever met and decided that we were gonna have a podcast. Oh, okay, all right, cool. Um so <laughs> did I I knew your name right then, right? Did I? Yeah, we we had met previously, and uh, <laughs> we were both angry because we were not being guests on other middle-aged male comics podcasts. <laughs> September of 2015. Yeah, that's when I was at my one of my angriest points ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Yeah, so that's that. We are, we are not recording a full one tonight because my mother is dying right now. She got COVID like four days ago, tested positive for COVID, and it's been a very rapid decline. And uh, so we have her on FaceTime. She's uh, with my sister on the couch. I'm going to run back over there, and we're just hanging out with her. I, we just keep her on all the time, and uh, we, we fell asleep with her. You know, they they leave they leave it playing. They leave it playing, right? Yeah. And uh, so when the nurses come in to change her, like to shift her and stuff, uh, yeah. She wakes up, like so she's conscious when you physically touch her, and then my sister and I will go, "Mom, mom, hi, we're over here, mom." Yeah. And then she like kind of looks, so I think she's hearing it, and then she falls back asleep. So. Okay. That's where we are right now. And that's where you. We're trying to get, trying to get them to reverse their policy, which most hospitals out here don't have. Which, you know, most hospitals like Cedars and others will let. The person's terminal, even though they're in the COVID ward, they'll let the family suit up and everyone gets to spend, a, you know, five or 10 or 15 minutes with the their loved one. Yeah. It's just two of us. It's just me and Eileen. So. Right. And uh, is Eileen here? Yeah. She's staying with me. She came in yesterday. And uh, yeah, so we're sleeping in my room with mom on the iPad. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. And then, uh, um, yeah, your your Twitter feed is heartbreaking and hilarious, as per usual. Um, um, yeah. Will you please live tweet my death? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Why don't we start the show? Let's okay. interrupt that message and do this plug. Yeah, one last thing. We do have a show. <laughs> this was Lori's idea for this plug. Guys, it's guys. Great. We have some great comics of the week. Here. <laughs> Franklin. We have uh, sure. Jones. We have uh, uh, Brittany uh, Cunningham. Uh, excuse me, Carney. And we have uh, Alice Hamilton, who oh, uh, have all been comics of the week. We arranged this before my mom got COVID, and. Um, if I can't be there, Jackie will be there. But if I, I can't, will be there. You know, I'm here right now, so I, I can do 10, 15 minutes and then run, run back out to meet my mom. So. <laughs> right. I'll watch our yeah. show tonight. Exactly. Uh, well, that was something. Uh, you guys, uh, listen to this. The very first time we ever talked about possibly doing a podcast. Hi, this is Lori, and... 
I'm Jackie. And we're the Jackie and Lori Show. <laughs> this is our first podcast together. This is it. This is the first time we're ever uh, being a pod. You've been on my pod, but now we're doing our own pod. Yeah. And we, we kind of wanted to start a podcast because we uh, think we have fascinating conversations. And, and you're going to want to tune in because <laughs> uh, we have opinions about things that... Everyone has opinions about, but ours are special and hilarious. Yes, we're both veteran comedians. Which How veteran are you, Lori? I started in 1987. And Excellent. I started in San Francisco, did about 10 years there, did about 10 years in New York, and came here in 2009. And so I'll do a decade here, and then I'll... I, I don't know, maybe Bangkok, maybe Oh, very nice. London. <laughs> right, right. The British scene will have will have fizzled out. Yeah, so we'll find I, that. I, I have to go after the fizzle starts. That's when I really after hit a boom. town. Lori Kilmartin likes to hit a town right after it really breaks up. <laughs> and then when I up. leave, it starts to resurge again. That's what happened. As soon as I left New York, all of a sudden, it was crazy. Right. And you're talking New York City. You're not talking Buffalo. Correct. No, right, no. Right. no. <laughs> my name's Jackie Cation. I've been doing stand-up. I count the 80s as one year mm-hmm. because my club burned down in uh in 84 uh, 85 and that was good and then i Do you think it was a comic that burned it down i think that uh, let me just tell you that it was in madison wisconsin the club was owned by sam kinnison bill kinnison's brother oh and for eight months i did stand-up comedy every night for uh eight months i got paid ten dollars a week i got a 1.8 that semester And I should have burned it down if I ever wanted a degree. But luckily, it what wasn't was your, making... Oh, what was your comedy grade? Uh, my comedy grade uh, was, well, first eight months of comedy. It was, it was great. I had a, a fascinating bit about, uh, I believe, Batman and Robin being gay. Have you ever heard that premise? That's a, quite a new take. But you it, know what? In 84, it might have been. In 84, to, it was even worse because people were like, you mean that TV show from the 60s that was never on? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. So you did a bunch of time in uh, Wisconsin. Right. I did one year in Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. then, in, uh, and then I, I, I got drunk for a long time. And then in 19—and I graduated because my sister insisted. And then in 1990, I moved to Minneapolis, moved to Minneapolis—was uh, there till 97, moved here, maybe 96. Again, a lot of drinking. Uh, in 97, 96 or 97, I moved here to Los Angeles, and I've been here ever since. You would think I'd be further along. <laughs> That's I, I feel the exact same <laughs> exact same way about my career. You think I'd be further along with all the stuff I've done. And who, right. now, who was in your scene in Minneapolis when you were starting there? Oh, in Minneapolis? Oh, it's uh, uh, the famous people. They were younger than me. They were a little bit older than me. Yeah. Let's see. Um, that you that the world would know. Yeah. It would be um, Nick Swartzen, mm. uh, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sure, KP Anderson. Yeah, no, he's a d- producer he's a, right now. A huge executive producer. Yeah, now. yeah, no, various a, things. The soup and stuff fancy like pants that. Uh, central dude. He's, yeah, he's good work. Um, Maria Bamford, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's forget one of my very best friends, Maria Bamford, <laughs> who also uh, started doing stand up comedy when I did. There's yeah, there's a lot of like Chad Daniels and um, yeah, and 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 those guys, super Pete funny. Lee and yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great comics who are from Minneapolis. And then older guys mm-hmm. are like Jeff Cesario and uh, um, Roseanne, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. I, 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 let's see. Like when I started in San Francisco, it was Margaret Cho and Greg Barrett was there. Oh, wow. Dave Anthony, Ray James, who's a, who writes on a lot of the roasts and stuff now. Oh, right. Um, Lincoln Earl were sort of like this absurdist yeah, yeah. Know, comedy team. But yeah, you do. It's like at this amount of time in, you're like, well, I'm still doing it, which is right. good. Right. I'm still getting paid to do stand up. Right. And, so it's already a win. It's, we've yeah. Already, it, we've already won the We're still in show business. Right. Yes. Right. And it's a, it's a paid gig. Yeah, and uh, and that's a win. But but yeah, there's there is this feeling of like, well, um, <laughs> oh, are we going to be are the we gonna, wrestler? Yeah. Are we going to live our <laughs> lives like the last the thirty minutes of the wrestler? <laughs> Maybe possibly we'll reboot the Golden Girls, and by then we'll be in our seventies, <laughs> and that's when we'll hit. You never right. know when you're going to hit. Right. You never know. You but you can't quit. That's the most important thing. <laughs> right. I love the desperation. You can't quit. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I, because the thing that people don't know about Lori Kilmartin is that you have a full time job at the Conan O'Brien show yes, writing I have for a Conan O'Brien. Job. That's correct. And uh, so when you asked me to do a podcast, I was like.
like, no, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And then I thought, do I have a full-time job at the Conan Show? I don't. Do I have an eight-year-old son? I do not. Do I? That you know of. That I know. That's <laughs> and, um, and, An and, old Carol Leifer joke she did on, uh, she did on Letterman. Oh, like, wow. When it, was la- when it was late night. Back in the yeah, day. Yeah, and I was like, that's genius because she's a woman. And you would, of course you would know if she had a baby. Right, right. It's, yeah. uh, that's weird. Yeah. That is weird. I did not know that was a Carol. I, I like the comedy. I like the old-timey comedy. Yeah. With, uh, but but you got to keep doing it. And there's people that have been doing it longer than us, women folk. Yeah. Because men, I mean, plenty of people stop, right? I mean, like 90% of most comics blow anyway. Yeah, a lot, and, a lot well, of... I'm going to take a stand. <laughs> uh, 90% blow, 10% are various good to great and amazing. Yeah. And but they can't leave their hometown for various reasons or they or just... They have lives to lead. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. And, or, or nobody's ever cared. Right. right. That's right. the heartbreaking thing. Is oh, there's, that is. We, I, I think every comic has a genius friend that no one gives a seriously, shit about. Seriously. Have you never seen Jim Wooster? Nobody's seen Jim Wooster. <laughs> and sadly... <laughs> I don't know when they will because uh, he he does I and and he works really hard. He's a hardworking guy. There's and, a guy in San Francisco. He just passed away. Um, he had uh, like kidney problems, but his name was Jimmy Gunn. Just a very absurdist, crazy performer, and was beloved in San Francisco. Gave a shit. It's Not the enough. worst. Yeah. Not enough. It's but but you got to keep doing. It. I mean, the reason you do it is not to get the accolades. If you are doing stand up comedy for the money, for the accolades. Oh my God, you've chosen poorly. I would consider um, killing an accolade, though. Oh, that's you know, okay. It is, it is so fun to kill. Yeah. Yes. Like I was just in Tucson last like? week. What is it like? What is it like, Lori Gilmartin? Here's what's what I feel guilty about too. Is like I, I I don't turn material over as quick as I'd like to. You know who does? You know I Louis C.K. And we, I can, I am willing to make it a uh, state an opinion. I will opine about the fact that he does a new hour every year, supposedly. Right? right. I would like him to do another six months on that same material because it would because I love yeah. his stand up with the power of the sun. I like this guy. Yeah. I mean, his the jokes are amazing, but it's but they could use more six, time in another six months. They would be like diamond right, hard. Right. Man. I know what you're saying. I mean, I. I but yes, he does turn over he a does. lot of material. And a lot of a lot of people are putting out CDs every year. And Mike Kaplan put out three last year. Jesus Christ. Are you serious? Yeah. You know what the sound exchange money is on that? It's pretty sweet. That guy's wow. getting uh, that guy's getting some radio play. Dang. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I so any I, I was at laughs last weekend yeah. in Tucson, which and it's a great room. It's mm-hmm. not a high paying room. It isn't. It's kind of an A room with a C budget. Sadly, <laughs> yeah. It's a, and I love that guy. And that super nice to me. It's an hour flight. That's its chief chief selling point. When you're like look, looking at the money, you're like it's it's an hour on Southwest. It's okay. Pretty. You know why classic. I do laughs in Tucson? Why? Because my brother the evangelist lives in Tucson, and I don't want to stay with him. <laughs> oh, you get to see him. I get to see him for two meals. Yeah. And I get to see my nieces and nephews That's and my great. in-laws and everybody's very lovely. Yeah. But my brother, the evangelist, who I don't know if anyone else is related to the sincere, but it's exhausting. <laughs> it is the worst. Oh my God. <laughs> and he is such a bossy magoo, uh, man. I'm a bossy magoo, but he's yeah. the oldest of six. <laughs> so he's the bossiest and he's got God on his side. So it's exhausting. He really does. And he, there's yes. a lot of pro, I think your brother would be behind, a, be behind a lot of the billboards in Tucson. There's a lot of pro <laughs> Jesus. But it's, it's right. A, and the meanest Jesus. I have oh, often yeah. told him that I would like him to write a, the, the, a children's book called The Meanest Jesus. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, there's no Old Testament Jesus. Like, that shit belongs to Yahweh, and Jesus is supposed to be the cool dude. Oh, yeah, he is. He's very much so. But if you take some of the things he said out of context and make it into a 12-page children's book mm-hmm. with graphics, you could call it The Meanest Jesus if you pull it out of context. Dude, we are at Meltdown right now. Let's do it. Let's Graphic novel, Meltdown comedy. So meltdown Tucson, comics. great yeah. room. Great room. Very, very interesting room. And I, you do it every year? I do it every year. I do it to to keep my forty five minutes and to keep the kind of road energy. Yeah, you know you have to uh, dominate an audience, right? That's the, you got to own the stage. You, you got to own the it. stage. Yep. And I and I I think when you're in L A. too much, you you don't have to own the stage. The audience is almost a little weirded They're out. Super if you're, sweet. If you want, if you kind of dominate the stage, you have to sort of recede a little bit. Oh, I you get a little I softer in L A. because I find yeah, I a, get little a little talky. Softer. And uh, I, in road audiences, don't put up with that shit. Already talking. Yeah. <laughs> I will force my talkie on the people of Nebraska any day of the week. Fuck those people. No, so, uh, and they're on board. So laughs is great. And uh, But I, I, you know, I do do a lot of – there's a lot of jokes or chunks I have that are – you know, they took a long time to create. 
they and they're and they're evergreen, man. They they crush. <laughs> and I can't I can't just go up there with year old material or less and have a C plus set that is No, because you also feel the obligation, right? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't see comedy and and, and I'm greedy. I like killing. I like people going, <laughs> You were amazing. I love people clapping and laughing really hard. Do you like it when they say, Usually I don't like women comics, but that you are ha- great. That's why I don't Oh, do you would you sell anything? No, I can't bear to meet the audience after the show. Oh, really? I was ju- I was in this such a great room. It's again, in- Lori Kilmartin has a job, so she doesn't have to schlep her gear. Yeah, I, I would put up with that shit if I. Yeah, if yeah. I if didn't. you had to buy gas yes. money, you're you totally exactly. Would do it. Yeah, I get I get why. Yeah, of course. And I and before but I you before were right because the people are the worst. They're the worst. But yeah, someone said that to me, and I and I'm like, oh, like it's just exhausting at this point. At this day and age, <laughs> you have never heard of a fe- funny female. I'm the first one. You right. You don't. You and never caught Amy Schumer. You, uh, you any the, any number. Uh, um, yes, yeah, I'm like my brain is flooded by so many images of funny women right now. I, it's hard to isolate just. I one, give but, out that card. Yes. Yeah, I give out a card that says. Uh, yeah, uh, usually I don't think women are funny, but you're funny. I said that to Jackie Cation, and she gave me this card, <laughs> which has a list of seven funny women comics on it that are different from Jackie and from each other. And feel free to go to their websites. You're and a dick, Jackie. You don't I put up with anything. I am kind of a dick. You're kind of uh, like your brother, but a dirty version of your brother. <laughs> oh, he's dirty. Uh, you. Anyway, no, but I just – it's nice because I – and I number them too. I number the cards. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I'm like – it's nice because I'm like – I'm at 106 oh, that I've great. handed out in the last – three and a half years yeah and all i did was pick the first seven funny women who said something on facebook or twitter like i could have picked it's very funny because my friend karen Rontowski, you yes, know karen very Rontowski, funny very, very funny. funny road comic kills can kill can kill in Her, any room she did letter she did letterman once right right killed yeah Crushed. destroyed great and but the uh uh she she isn't on the card <laughs> she's like the hell happened we're, you're one of my best friends. What happened? And I was like, you, you, you didn't say something funny just then. And uh, and I was like, so, but I haven't run through. You get 300 cards and a business card order. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, didn't a- I didn't ask if I was on the card. You were on the card. I was? Yeah. That's because your Twitter feed, Lori Kilmartin, is hilarious. Thanks, man. Because uh, you write, you, you, you can write monologue jokes so you can write precision jokes. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I write a, a story and then there's a punchline at the end. <laughs> so that's how I like to write a joke. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we have we have different styles for sure. Yep. Yeah. But, Which is uh turns out isn't at all women y. <laughs> Our style is not women y. Though I can talk about my vagina. Labia majora, labia majora. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You know it's weird. I, I I feel like the persona I am on stage, that's you know, it's pretty different from how I am in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's that part of you that wants out desperately, that feels cornered. <laughs> Cornered by life and cornered by a child and a job and time constraints and it's and then I so I kind of I'm way bluer on stage than I am in real life, and I'm way. Oh yeah. You would think I I I have every STD on the planet by how <laughs> sexual I act on stage in a way where I'm like talking to guys. Wait, you I'll, talk about sex, yes, a fair amount on stage. Yeah, but, and, but it's all talking around the fact that you have a boy. That yeah, you this that kid. I'm trying to sneak and have sex around him, around raising a child by yes. yourself for yeah. the most part. And it's, so it's an upset, it's an obsession that maybe a teenager has because they also can't have sex because of their parents, but I can't because I have a kid. <laughs> right, that is a classic. It's a classic single mom <laughs> classic issue, trope. I do believe. <laughs> oh, yep. yeah. That's a good one, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I love stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't see a time when I would not do it. Right. right. So I don't know what to say to people who, you know, you know how like you get that someone says something weird about women comics and then you get the email going, did you see this? Someone said something horrible about your people. Right. And I was like, why would you, why would you email that to me? If, uh, if I was right. your mom and someone said a mean thing about your mom, would you send that to her and go, mom, you wouldn't believe what the neighbor <laughs> said about you? No, no, you wouldn't. Cause you're not an asshat. And uh, you'd well, be nice. And also people, uh, because of social media, you're expected to respond. Like I'm learning oh, to have... just go. I don't need to jump on this. Like the yeah. the the criticism of Bill Burr because of the Caitlyn Jenner joke. I was like, what the fuck? And then I thought, you know, I don't have to jump in. Uh, right. Bill it... Burr isn't even jumping in. He's right. just like, I don't give a shit. Right. And... It's just one joke in a slew of a thousand. Yeah. I thank God I'm not famous to some extent because <laughs> could you imagine? The horrible things I have said to audience members to get them to shut up. I'm not yeah. good. I'm oh, not... I know. I've threatened to rape people. Have you? Yes. I, I would never. I'm not, I'm not able to back that up. But 
I have threatened to rape other women if I, they wouldn't shut the fuck up. I have up. made uh, child molestation comments to, to adult men about their own children and then had to apologize after the show because no, the guy's you like, don't. you went too far, man. And I was like, yeah, what you need to know is that you got to zip it because you're a live event. Why aren't you hiding in the green room after the show? Oh, because I got to sell my CDs. You sell my CDs. Are you <laughs> selling hard copies? I got hard copies. I got CDs. I got DVDs. I am the, the Larry the Cable Guy of stand-up comedy. I should oh, that's right. That. He does stand-up comedy. <laughs> Weird thing is, is uh, I to a much larger audience than to us, a much larger degree yes. than myself. But uh, but I do. I have like three T-shirts, three, four, really. How, I, but it doesn't it cost you to ship that stuff? Because it's 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 like twenty five bucks per extra. Suitcase. No, well, I'm, I'm a, I usually fly Southwest or Delta. I right. have the Delta uh, MX card, so I get two free bags per Dealy Bob, and uh, and so I I plan for it, Lori Kilmartin. But here's what I do. I have done is I have um, I I've brought less stuff. Yeah, and just gone. Well, if I sell out, I've made an extra three hundred dollars, and that will pay for because what yeah. all I want to make Airfare. is enough for uh, meals for the week. Yeah, and maybe um, and maybe a hundred bucks. I don't yeah. know, whatever it is. I it's because I buy a lot of books on the road. When I go on the road, like what do you do d- during the you okay? You were, our, okay. Yeah, for me, I mean, I don't go on the road that much. I do. I usually do the little weekend things because uh, I have to work it around hiatus, right? You know? So uh, it's only a couple days, but I um, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to have lunch with anybody. I just want to be a fucking loan. Like I I don't want to take care of anybody. I don't want to owe anybody. I don't want to. You know, and sometimes if the comics are really cool, I'll hang out a little bit. But oh, right. Because I, I, we don't know the comics. You don't know who you're yeah, working with for the most new. part. And, yeah, and then at some point I can't um, – it, even with comics, there gets to be this small talk when someone's 25 sometimes. And you're and you're like, I've seen so much. And your act – I've seen 80% of your act before. And, and it's not their fault. It's not their fault. They, they don't know this guy I started with who's now selling cars did <laughs> – 15 of the minutes I just saw. You right, know? But right, because he's only been doing it six or seven years. Right, right. And everybody, not everybody writes the same half yeah. hour because everyone does it. There's, we're in a golden age of stand-up comic. Like yeah. all those young comics that are coming up. And as uh, Graham Cation over here, as the <laughs> oldest human on the planet, I just want to say that when I say young comics, I mean comics that have been doing it for about eight, eight yeah, years. Yeah, sure, that 10, is young. Yeah, And they're 32 years old. Right, right. And they're amazing comics. There's yeah. just like Melissa Villasenor. Mm-hmm. I think she's in her 20s. Really? And, yeah. Jesus. And um, so like guys Marcella like Marcella Arguello. Scov- yeah. Uh, Rory Scovel and, mm-hmm. and Sean Patton. I mean, just, you know, really funny, interesting guys. So you can write a different – and those guys are headlining now. Yeah. But, I mean, that first 30 minutes that you write is usually just, hey, look at me. Hey, oh, yeah. look at me. Oh, yeah. It's a complete embarrassment. Right. It, it, there you'll, might you'll be – You'll know you, you have – you can actually call. We were talking about earlier. Like, when can you call yourself comedian? I'd say when you're embarrassed by the first thirty minutes you wrote. <laughs> if you're still proud of your first thirty, you're not a comic yet. It's hard. It's a hard row. There's no vetting. There's no nobody. Nobody really. <laughs> we gets need to, to be able to Twitter verify comedian. <laughs> the other thing is like this comedian criticized, and then you look at like you know the Anything. Their feed, and then there's nothing funny in it. Right. You know. I don't right. know. Right. We wanted to talk, talk about that crazy lady, lady. That crazy lady, which I have not watched. The, there we should do a segment, people. right? Okay, it's a video. We have seen. Uh, Did you hear that? Was that okay? Oh yeah, that's background. Okay, that's nice. They're building something nice, that's exciting. But the uh, yeah, you should listen to the Dork Forest. My phone goes off, and I, I forget <laughs> to turn it off. But the the crazy thing is, is like, as we were um, we were talking about how this lady's a, a Canadian comedian, right? But there should be a part of our podcast, I think, Lori mm-hmm. Martin, where you talk about people that are famous, and I say. Who is this? Because I don't know who anyone is, but then I will definitely, you'll tell me the story, and then I'll have an opinion. I'm not above it. This lady I'd never heard of, and apparently- You've never heard of it either. It got a lot of traction, and I guess she's famous in Canada. Okay, so she's a Canadian comic. Is something. At least one million people know who she is. Right. There are 25 million people But it wasn't, it was like a, a, it was supposed to be a funny video, I think. It wasn't funny. It looked like an actress trying to be funny, which- Was it more than three minutes? Or was yes, it? six. I think it's six. That's and a too lot long. of fast. Oh yeah, there's a lot of problems with it. But the tone was, <laughs> you know, I'm helping you by telling you not to be fat because I want you around longer. And it's it's almost something you'd expect to hear from a really shitty personal trainer, you know, where you, <laughs> but not a comic, not someone who's trying. And she was trying to make it funny. I 
to I, your knowledge. I, I'm going to say no because she didn't, and I want to <laughs> help her. Right. That is clearly How not. We comedy? could make a, a video called "Dear Unfunny People," and then right. we could tell them not to make videos about fat people. Right. Because it's. I mean, there's there's the whole thing. First of all, being a we could talk about being women comics and the mm-hmm. whole weight issue because it's one of the things you do the self deprecating stuff that everybody does. Like white guys do it, you know. They're right. like, "Hey, I'm a weirdo white guy. Yeah, I'm Louis, a little Louis is openly fat on stage, you know. Right. And doesn't, it doesn't, but it's <laughs> right. not. It doesn't stop women from wanting to fuck him after the show. I'm no, sure. No, but guess what? <laughs> well, you we and I have a laid. different experience. <laughs> if I got drunk enough, I could get laid. All you have to do is take your life into your own hands, Lori Kilmartin. Lower the bar and just go well if i die at least i went out if you if you saw my exes you you say i have a pretty low bar (laughs) judge don hodgman won a webby in the comedy podcast category after 10 years of production judge john hodgman has finally won the susan lucci of the webbies what is judge john hodgman Comedy writer and television personality John Hodgman settles disputes between friends, family, co-workers, partners, and more. Is Machine Gun a robot? Should a grown adult tell his parents about his tattoos? Should a family be compelled to wear matching outfits on vacation? Listen to Judge John Hodgman to find out the answers to these age-old disputes and more. If you haven't listened to Judge John Hodgman, now is a great time to start. Judge John Hodgman is available on MaximumFun.org and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I want, I'm trying to raise it. That's raise my problem. Raise the bar. Raise the bar. You got it. Uh, but you were, we were, you were actually like I, I always felt like, and you, you, you kind of confirmed this yeah. earlier today when we had we ate together, ate lots of oh, food. Right. We went to this place that was crazy, and the food is genuinely. I think large. I had a six egg omelet with yeah. a block of cheese in it, and you had three pancakes larger than the plate. Yeah, but you ate the center out of all. What I liked so is you I, ate the center out of the pancakes I that made were the size circle. of a real pancake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like did a it. normal pancake. You're like, I'm still having three pancakes, but I'm going to have three normal size pancakes. That's, see, I probably ingested a thousand calories, but because I left so much food, I can tell myself I, oh, I you did a really good, good lunch. Oh, nice. I ordered the side of fruit. <laughs> which you gave to the other customer. Right, I didn't want it. Um, yeah, okay. the guy sitting next to you. But but, but I never wanted to talk about I used to have a couple jokes about having lost weight, but I never wanted to talk about my weight because I felt like female comic, it's, it's almost like a political act to get up and say, I don't have to talk about my weight or my body because right. my brain is what is what's making me funny. I'm going to just and tell think, jokes instead. Yes. Yeah. And, and you, you know, I, I, there's... A million other things I think about all day besides my weight. Now, right. is that true? <laughs> is that true? I mean, that no. is that is a key thing when you think about the writing of stand-up comedy. Because right. I, we were just talking about this, is that I am actually writing a bit about body image and about weight and about... Because I, people... I am very. I feel very grateful, uh, world, that I am beloved because people are very, very nice to me. Mm-hmm. But they also think that there's some trouble in what I look like, so yeah. they like to talk to me about it uh, after shows. Again, uh, I really? get a lot of. I get a lot of. You know, you shouldn't eat after seven. Uh, <laughs> Just unsolicited dieting unsolicited advice. Dieting. They're like, do you work out? You're so pretty. Oh, and I'm like, there's a God. lot. It's, I, I think I'm approachable. That's <laughs> oh, what I think people yeah, think. You, but I'm, but they're wrong. being haughty. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're wrong. I'm not that approachable. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, I'm actually pretty. Uh, but, the, <laughs> but the weird thing is, is, so I have been thinking about it more because I, I've been trying to figure out what do, because for the last three years, I've actually, because so many people, I don't want to talk about it. Right. I have actually put the kibosh on it by opening my set by saying, I am overweight. You may consider that addressed. I love that. I think that's and brilliant. I'm, I'm do- and then, that you're- but it's been great. Yeah. And it has, in the last three years, uh, made people not approach me. And that's it's been great. lovely. Uh, but then lately, I've been thinking, well, what, what do I think about? And if I'm thinking about something all the time, I think, well, then clearly there's comedy there. So I've been trying to write a bit about about weight and body image and but not just fat jokes. Yeah. No, I mean there's no there's no no one needs that. I can't you know? write the best fat I wish I could write the best fat joke and then it would be written and it would cure fatness or it would cure anger against fatness or it would do something it right. would make this lady happy as a clam. Right, right. I um, and more empathetic. Well, and there's the the thing of like like you know, I think society is forcing women. To, we always have to think about how we look like. And just when you, if you can even 
like unpeel yourself from that pressure <laughs> that you've had since you were born, right? You realize, holy fuck, that's a waste of a lot of waste of my time. And it, there's, I'm not reading novels. I'm not. There's a million things I'm not doing or not feeling. I could be marching, with. you guys. Yeah, <laughs> Arab Spring. It could be happening. You are about ten years late on Arab Spring, but black <laughs> lives still matter, right? Or do they matter too? Yes, <laughs> oh. that's what I'm told. Yes, yeah, uh, because know. people are all sad and weird about. Uh, yes. <clears throat> um, yeah. So back to back to our weight issues, though. Yeah. Like, you know, and, it, and that woman not being funny. Right. That's um, too bad. Yeah, I, I just don't like being forced into into a topic. Oh, know? right. And uh, I always felt like, uh, and the, the same thing with aging. Like I, we're the same age. Yes. Right. And we're in middle age. And right. You can cut us in half and count the rings. <laughs> I, matter of but fact, I, I, my husband does a core sample every couple of days. Oh, <laughs> boom! Ladies and gentlemen, dick joke. All right. Someone's getting laid. You're you're getting laid. You're the one that I gets laid in laid. the podcast. Right. But you have perpetuated desperately want to get laid, and you have perpetuated your own gene bank. So what you have <laughs> is true. you have a tiny we, thing to put up and talk. We each about. have half of what people consider an ideal life. As right. I have a child, and you have a happy marriage. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. We are almost an entire woman between the two of us. <laughs> Oh, my God. The only thing stopping us is our careers. That's what's ruining us, right. really, as women. To quote my father, if women are going to wear pants, you should wear a belt. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why I did half my mother and half my dad. I don't know, but he has terrible fashion sense. Right, he has the worst. He's just like, I'm never wearing a belt. <laughs> but um, what was, did we but, jump off a topic for a second? Doesn't uh, matter. Easily. Yeah, yeah. We're, but, oh, so but the oh, aging. Okay, aging, that's right. Yeah, so, uh, so I have still, like... I remember being 25 years old in the audience as a comedian, you know, watching older comics and going, ah, getting old. And then I'm like, oh, who fucking cares? I don't care about getting old. And I hated old comics because they <laughs> talked about it. And I'm like, right. I don't want to be that. Right. Because it is kind of boring. And that, you know, that. Unless that, you nail it. Unless you stick unless the Unless you nail it. And yeah, there's a, you know, if you're, that's how you got to, that's how good comedians figure out a way to do it without right. being boring. Yeah. And it's really tricky. And so I don't think I've really. It's a lot of writing. I mean, to yes. do it. I don't think I've it nailed isn't. it yet. Well, I remember a guy, I don't remember who it was, but he had the greatest premise about getting older. He mm -hmm. said, when do I get to not care? He said, the it was probably 15 years ago I heard this joke. He was talking about the invention of Viagra. Yeah. And he said. I don't want to take Viagra. I want, at one point, my dick to not be in charge of my brain function. <laughs> when will that happen? Will I be able to write the great American novel? Yeah. I don't know how, where he went with it, but it was the yeah, greatest yeah. premise in the world. And, yeah. and so I think, it, of course, everything could be talked about, right? Yeah. Anything could be talked about as long as it's funny. But you don't know if it's funny <laughs> until I you know. say it out loud. It's just that and, risk of sounding like, <laughs> like you look in the audience and you see like a table of young guys. And you know, oh. and I'm like, okay, I've got just some pile of fucking. I got haircuts. a miscarriage joke. I got this <laughs> joke. I'm like, how do I rope these people into it? You know, I know. I, I do feel like you know, I talk about my kid a lot, but he's a boy, and that is in some way interesting to men. That oh, that's I'm, the bridge you're building. Yes, for men yes, in the audience. I, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah. of it's talking about. You boys remember being a boy, and and you know, it yeah. is. I can do dick jokes, you right? Know? So there, so there's there's a bridge to men, but like you do have to go. Is you know how universal is this? And, right. And I don't necessarily want to. You know, I feel like sometimes I'm writing jokes that only work in Los Angeles, and uh, are they Friday Late Show in Tucson proof? And I, right. You know, you find out on the road. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this about some of the greatest weirdo jokes in the world that yeah. I have. I worked on a joke about the Bosnian War. Mm -hmm. And the Mall of America for three years. The Bosnian War was over when I got that joke to work. <laughs> I will still bring Girl, that Girl, there's going to be another one. That's it. You That's, know those Bosnians. I don't know nobody Eastern Europe, back. but there's trouble. <laughs> there's a, uh, but the I know that, but it was, it essentially, it was just, it took me forever and it didn't work. It did not work. Yeah. It was, there was sort of like three people who'd laugh about it. Right. And then, you know, 185 people who didn't. Yeah. And, uh, but by the end of it. Uh-huh. I had at least 110 people laughing. <laughs> and those other 70 people are never going to like <laughs> any joke about the Bosnian War. The hard thing so. about, I never do topical in my act, unless it's just a riff that comes up naturally. Oh, right. 
But I mean, because I write monologue jokes now all day. For Conan, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I never, um, and I learned it very early on. It was like 87 or whenever this, uh, a guy named Jim Jim Wright was Speaker of the House. Okay. And he was busted for lying. <laughs> Do you remember this at all? No. You, okay, you were around then. It was yeah, like, was there. it was yep. mid 80s. And I right? have a degree in political Late science. 80s. So oh no. He was, a text, he was a total sleazebag. And I had a, and I had a great Jim Wright joke. And then... <laughs> Like I would open with it, you know, because it was like uh, like on the news, and then and then it slowly got less and less, and then yeah. I would drop it. And I'm like, I felt so betrayed. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> never again. Will I'm, I write a topical joke never, that these bastards are going to no, turn on me? Never take the time to make a perfect note. If it happens <laughs> once, fine, but I'm never taking the time to perfect a mono uh, a, a topical for my act. Right, it's weird. I know when I got a, I used to have this bit about my 1989 Mazda 323 hatchback, and when I got rid of that car. I got. I was talking to my dad on the phone, and he goes, "You know, you can still do that joke." Yeah. You still, and I was like, "Dad, I've I've written other jokes, uh, but uh, yes, if if needed, I will go to the vault and tell that joke because I'm not above it. I'm mm-hmm. not above. I will go. I will tell a joke I wrote in 1990 if uh, if that's all. I've done that. In fact, you know, you know I what? Care. Um, I, have, I got I got a job to do. <laughs> I, yes, it's like I got a kill, and I and I and I worry like in the audience, like are, are people are these repeat audience members? Are they like, oh, I've heard this again. You know, I'm hearing it again. But sometimes, like, okay, I just when I the feature I was working with last week, hilarious. Okay, okay, good. By the you know, I, I saw five shows. I laughed at the same jokes at this every oh, single time because so he's a really funny dude. performer. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I was like, maybe it's like that with me. Maybe some people are coming back and they're like, yeah, we heard, you know, I, I do weave the crowd into a lot of stuff and I, yeah. I do have some new stuff every time. Yeah. So it's not completely the same. And I, and I, and I, I feel and people like the classics. Yeah. Uh, I had a guy. Yeah, sitting, they do. I had a, a fan of the door forest and a, and a normal, just a normal dude mm-hmm. who had clearly gotten all of my CDs because yeah. he was mouthing along with oh, the shit. jokes. Wow. Uh, in the front row. And slappers. <laughs> it's horrifying. And it was I couldn't look at them. I could not look at them because it was creeping me out. Oh yeah, that's uh, horrible. But you know what it does do? It makes you do new material. Because yeah. you're like, oh you don't know this one, do you? Yeah. Because hey, I just came you, out of my brain box. <laughs> so you're screwed. What and, if he started mouthing the new shit with you? Oh, creep factor twelve. You gotta marry man. him. Off sorry. <laughs> off the Richter scale. <laughs> <laughs> but this co- this this feature, like I, I I it was sort of a snapshot into He's living He's the living comedy the, life, right? The great comedy life. He's high constantly, <laughs> single guy. I'm like, out. yep. I sure. remember that, you know, and and uh, and like now we were saying, like when I, I go on the road, I just I just love the solitude. I never have it, you know, and I, I just love to be alone. What do you What do you do? Do you use the uh, amenities? Do you use like, yeah, the, gym the, the gym or the pool or but whatever? I, I take you know. Here's in the morning. Now I get up like six six thirty. Get my kid Good ready. Lord, oh right. I do, do my artist way pages. You know, <laughs> nice. do all that stuff. Work out. Like, but I have to jam it all in. And it turns out, it when I don't have all that pressure, what I like to do is think about my workout for an hour and not do it. Right. And then do it, mm-hmm. and then think about the next thing I'm going to do. It it, 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 my real process involves about an hour of procrastination for each activity. But you come back from a three day weekend working the Tucson laughs, well rested. I'm I've never felt better. Right, just the most calm. It's yeah. beautiful. There's there's sometimes it's and I don't have any of. I mean, I can sleep it out, but for some reason, I will sit in front of my desktop computer mm-hmm. for a, a that million. That makes it official. Right then, I'm working. Yeah, and uh, but but on the road, I don't have a problem watching four or five episodes of some uh, very mediocre uh, dramedy or drama. Like I, love, I, I, I prefer drama over comedy. Oh yeah, I'm I'm not really good with sitcoms. I just I'm like oh I get it. And I'm the same way. I hate that, and and it's which too bad because I used to love bad. them. Yeah, although I did watch the first. I just because uh, Hulu got all the Seinfelds, and I, there's a lot oh, of Seinfelds right. I missed. You know, during when Seinfeld and Friends were on network, I was on the road. And, okay, and unless you traveled with a VCR, you couldn't watch them. You <laughs> right, know, they were not in syndication three times a day. Yeah, it was like, Thursday I've night. Seen, right, I've seen more Seinfelds on the road than I've see, ever saw. Oh yeah, in real life. Right, same here. Well, I mean, I, I same with Friends. Ever, yeah, so I, I just watched the first uh, Seinfeld. The pilot. Oh wow! It was goodish. Like you were like, <laughs> I see where you're going. You know, right. but even even they had to like, you know, it, oh, it, t- takes, it takes six. It takes a while. Yeah, it takes really... six episodes for everything to settle in and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, but but the male comic. What I used to call because when I started doing stand up comedy, I was socially the worst. Right, yeah. I was 19. Mm-hmm. I had uh, I was a virgin. 
Here's too much information, American no. public. Are you, you mean not enough? Right, not enough. I lost my virginity to a comic. Oh, God. Is he still in the business? Uh-huh. Do you still see him? Uh-huh. Okay. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, he's a perfectly <laughs> nice man. We, you, we were going out. It wasn't a one-night stand. I know, but don't you want to warn female comics? Because I get, you know, I like... I want to warn all women. <laughs> About male comics who who are lovely. I mean, some of them are incredibly nice. But yes. I had I had I think Tina Fey said it best when she said, "You know that genius is not sexually transmitted." <laughs> it's so true. And oh my god! It's like, oh okay, yes. It's because yeah. I would I would have these giant crushes on these super funny, god, super dark guys that were messes. Like the biggest yeah. mess in the world. Yeah. Guess who I had a crush on? Doug Stanhope. That's a terrible <laughs> I had a idea. Crush on Doug Stanhope. Why wouldn't you? Because he's hilarious. <laughs> he is. But blessedly, you never interested in me. You could save him. It was him. the greatest. That's how, gift. He has that feeling of like I could make him happy. That that saving thing. You just you know? want well a little bit of saving and a little bit of well he's probably pretty easily pleased too. <laughs> <laughs> but it, doesn't it suck? Because we still have that female. Uh, tendency to like the wrong guy like we're just like women in the audience even but though we think we're not because we're comedians we're like our, our right. females in the audience conscious decision when I met my fella mm-hmm. uh, my husband and mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, was to actually accept guys who liked me mm-hmm. A because I used to think that if you liked me yeah, there was some sort of weakness in you right yeah which is the worst yep. uh, sense of <laughs> hating yourself ever yeah and then the second thing is I, I I needed him to be a a good person, mm-hmm. you know. My my greatest fear when I would date men was that I would bring them home to my family and my family would eat them alive and I would have to protect them, because I was I'm super aggro when I go on the road. Uh, I if I come back from a lo- extended road run, mm-hmm. I am genuinely the butchest person you're going to meet. I am like, it, you know, just like, hey, what the fuck? And I swear like a sailor <laughs> and it's completely ridiculous. I have spent, it's nice, I've spent like the last month in Los Angeles and I feel myself actually, first of all, softening yeah. and doing, and because audiences in Los Angeles are incredibly, they're, they can be judgmental, but they're incredibly giving in the fact that they're like, what weird place do you want to go to? They, because they're comedy what? nerds. They have like a female energy in a way. They're they're listening versus road audience, I think, because of the alcohol, you they're know, reactive. and it's a two drink minimum on all. It turns into dates and it turns into a very kind of male energy that and you they, have to control. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I know that the commitment when you go on the road is greater and I feel a more of a pressure. Oh, yeah. To. But I I have felt that pressure in town where I will see one meandering banana head after another go up. And oh I'm yeah, like, you're like oh, I, I was going to work on my new stuff, <laughs> but now I'm not because the audience. Yeah, you feel the tension in the audience. I feel the tension. I'm like, oh, these people deserve stand up. They came out to see it, so let's go to the vault a little bit. Yeah. and do my current favorite four minutes or fa- favorite yeah. eight minutes or whatever. I just sort of I didn't read this whole article. I skimmed it on Salon Sal- Salon Very Hit or Miss Hit or Miss Salon dot com oh. just in general like oh, some. Sometimes they they go crazy over they you know they <laughs> micromanage jokes and okay. then sometimes they have really good people on. So Cintra Wilson, who's a writer, uh, wrote an article about Southern women and how they really have nailed femininity. And like she grew up in the Bay Area, so she has that. It's like this sort yeah, of yeah. like you reject femininity. I think it's very much like how female comics are like, no, I'm not going to demure and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was just got sort of talking about how it's not completely bad it's very confusing to me you know it feels confused i mean i my andy's entire family is from this tiny town in mississippi and so you go when i would go to mississippi and meet all of these people they were hilarious the mississippi public school system isn't doing any of them any favors Mm -hmm. uh but for common sense and for just walking around knowing what's going on they're very smart and they're very i mean they all get cable they yeah. they know what the hell's going on but i mean the the weird thing is is the women it it feels stereotypical and they embrace they embrace some of those stereotypes they embrace that sort of fem that feminine yeah. you know i'm going to uh, i'm going to let him do things i'm going to a little bit in the background but they are also some of the most controlling women. They're puppeteers in in, yeah. in, in, in the worst case scenario, right? You know, it's weird. It's like like at, at Conan, there's you know we have a lot of female interns, and they I'm like, you're wearing a dress. <laughs> like I, oh, that's I, generational. Too. Yeah, I know. I went in with my interview looking as dykey as possible. I just like I don't want there to be any <laughs> you're weirdness. Writer. You're yeah, a writer. writer, female writer, and you gotta be one of the guys. Like I, I that's like, I'm gonna bring a of, shirt, and I'm just gonna I'm not gonna put any makeup on. Oh yeah, boots and right. 
Yeah, I would. I've t- I've been told that guy guy guys when they go in for writer gig, if they mm-hmm. look too shiny, the the executives will make fun of them. Shiny? Yeah, just kind of like a little hair, too put together. Mean, oh, I see. Too put yeah, together, yeah. and 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 they're like. Look at this guy. He's all dressed up like he's an actor. Does he think he's going to be on camera? And they'll make some sort of fun of that. But but I but that is there's all these newer women comics. When I, when we came up, god damn, they're showing their tummies. They're showing all kind. I mean, yeah. I have we pretty. I, I just uh, yeah. I, I could like, use my boobs for good. It is generational. But I didn't know. It's yeah. generational. I never thought about there using were, my boobs for comedy. I just yeah. Or just but I think I could have done that. There was a, a female comic, very funny, but mm-hmm. she's wearing. Um, uh, like, like a low a cut thing, shirt or? where there's no bra, what? or maybe there's a bra that's a, a strapless bra, like a tube top dress. But I was like, an, a male again, maybe this is how you're ra- raised, but I'm like, a male audience member could run up and pull that down. <laughs> uh, that <laughs> do is, they do that? Gee, I don't know, but I what, what I, do you want a triple run? <laughs> it's, yes, uh... <laughs> I prepare like everything's a triple run. I was telling you, I when I was in 1990, I bought a Chevy Blazer because yeah. at that time only men were right driving those kind right. of trucks, it was like a truck kind of a thing, yeah. And uh, I thought I want people to think I'm a man on the road, <laughs> you know, when they see the truck. I don't want you know, I like that you were able to buy a Chevy Blazer by choice. The my first my road car was four hundred dollars, and it was because my my roommate was like, "I'm getting a new car. Do you want my old car? It's well, four hundred dollars. No money down. It's two thirty eight a month, and I wow. live with my parents. That was oh, my that, rent. That, that was, was it. To, to me, that was my rent. Yeah, yeah. But you, I would, you would live with your folks. I, yeah, that's I wanted to. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, because my dad was overseas so much that he was finally home, and I sort of lived my t- what I thought would be my teenage years in my twenties. Oh, as okay. I would come home from every night, I come home to my dad in the living room feeding crackers to the dogs and saying, "How was the show?" <laughs> um, but but yeah, I would always like pull over, uh, you know, into a Denny's and sleep in a Denny's parking lot. I was twenty four hours. Yes, there's yeah. people around there constantly. I've never go to rest areas. I was really always. I slept in a rest area. Assumed that I was going to be raped. You called it a rape area. Yeah, <laughs> when we were talking about it. Yes, but it was weird because because I I never drove at night. One time I drove at night. I don't know if you ever worked with that that the the magician and the clarinetist. No, did you ever work with them? They're still working. Magician. Oh, they're, and the a, clarinetist. they're a team. They're a duo, married. Yeah. No. Uh, he is a completely silent magician. Okay. And she plays clarinet while he does whatever. Oh, and uh, and they've been doing it for um, I think since the vaudeville days. I'm you know, not that's kind of it. inspiring that they're still working. Yes, and uh, but that we I opened for them I think in '94 mm-hmm. in um, outside of Rapid City, South mm-hmm. Dakota, and they're like, you got to drive at night, man. You can make so far, you can make such good time. They don't pull you over. It's great. And I was like. I don't really like driving it. I like driving at four in the morning. That's the only time in the darkness. I like to drive into the day. I, I know. And yeah. uh, so that was the only time. And I had to pull over and sleep in a rest area. And I was like, lock the doors. And uh, and I never, ever, I was never, um, I have not had a lot of sexual assault in my road times. Right. I've had, uh, I've had some weird situations, but for the most part, Guys, nice works. You're taking a no. Good for you. You're taking a no for a no. Well played. Uh, First of all, uh, pussy. Okay, I've driven straight through the night a million times. Oh, oh, part. This is this is what this is what it's like. This This is is what what comics like. This is a green room, kind of like throwing down. One. Okay. One time. Where were you? The longest. The longest. I had a. I was working the Funny Bone in Schaumburg, and okay, the, Illinois, Illinois, and I'd driven out there, of course, <laughs> from San Francisco, <laughs> yes, because it's so convenient. <laughs> um, and then uh, the next gig was in Sacramento, started on a Tuesday. I didn't know the Schaumburg gig ended on Sunday. I thought it ended on Saturday, so I had three days. But it, we have a Sunday show. I'm emceeing. John Regis headlining. Who okay. ended up being, you know, a writer on Thirty Rock and stuff. And uh, so he he finishes. I say thanks. Uh, please come back. I give for the comics next week. I I walk to my Chevy Blazer and I start driving straight uh, from Schaumburg, Illinois to twenty eight hours straight to Battle Rock, Nevada, and then I was trying to make it the whole way. And then I then I I it was it, I guess it'd Captain be Monday Crazy around Jack, four in the no dose. Pardon me? Did you do any no-dos? Yeah, Coffee? ton of no-dos and uh, Mountain View. At one point, there was like a walking Mountain stick Dew. in the car. Yeah. You know, those those bugs that are really big? They're they're like long green bugs that they're called walking sticks. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, it, and I swore I saw it. 
and then it then it went away and I never found it. And I and I thought, I wonder if I'm just hallucinating right now because yeah, I was so I, would not I was doubt. so amped up on I stuff. Would not. I ended up almost pulling off this, just kind of like veering off the road because I was so tired. And so the next town was Battle Rock, Nevada, which is a very tiny town east of Reno. And uh, I I stayed over there. I pulled in around Tuesday morning, stayed over, and then. Of course, me and my gig Tuesday, Tuesday night, of course. which is also emceeing. This is I'm risking my life for $150 a week, wow. which is probably what they're still paying MCs. Oh, easily. And the gas, of course, exact oh, same price. Yeah, yeah, nope. yeah. No, no, no. Turns out like gas has gone up. A gallon. Yeah, yeah. Entirely different. But uh, yeah, I think the longest one I did was I drove um, somewhere in Montana from Minneapolis. Yeah. And I think I pissed and moaned the entire time. Went, went. I used to love those long drives. I worked a lot of stuff out in my head. It to me they were like it was almost. I like liked a, it alone. Yeah. Did you ever go with the headliner or have to drive oh, yes. the? Yeah. I hated those. I worked with some guy. I forget his name, but he always wore a puffy shirt with a vest, and he would make a joke about um, looking like a dealer in Vegas. And uh, he no. did. He looked exactly. But I worked. I, I drove fourteen hundred miles with this guy. Oh my! We God. went uh, from Minneapolis to Minot to Grand Forks to whatever to Fargo to Mankato. It was this weird rotating yeah. thing, and he was super. He was like it was like driving with my brother who wanted to button push me. So he every every day. We would drive, and he would, by Saturday, he finally got me to lose my temper. And because he was like, hey, because he refused, to, it was January, and he mm-hmm. refused to drive because he was from the South. Yeah. He was like, I can't drive in the winter. And I was like, talk about being a, just a total wuss. I'm like, yeah, but it's a it's an all-wheel drive Toyota Tercel. My, this wagon was Tercel. great. It was the greatest. <laughs> Tercel? Yeah. It was I a wagon Tercel. all-wheel drive Tercel. And it was all-wheel drive, and it started at 40 below, wind chill, 26 below. Yeah, not even a problem. Boom. Just started right up. It was the greatest road car in the world. Eventually broke an axle. Anyway, had to get rid of it. That's Sold a lot it for of a buck. Anyway, so uh, the uh, – but the thing is, is by Saturday, he had driven me mad. And I, every night he would get on stage and he would find sort of the good-looking woman in the town. You know, like yeah. those little one-nighter gigs. Yeah. There'd be like the hot chick from high school who still lives there. Mm-hmm. And – he would do what he called the first 30 minutes male bashing and the last 20 minutes he would call uh, female bashing. But the first 30 minutes would be all like – The first 30 got him laid. And the first 30 were just – And then the last 20 like got him high fives from dudes. Right? No, no, oh, okay. no, no. It was the first 30 was just all about how guys like to steal the remote and like to drink beer. It didn't even make any sense. It wasn't male bashing at all. It was oh, literally it just, was just- – Confirming stereotypes. It was just right, confirming stereotypes and then making the tiniest twist in the world as punchlines. And then the last half, he would find some woman and genuinely eviscerate her. Would like dist- and she would get and the, I saw it night at four times in a week. Women getting up and just sh- getting into shouting matches with him. And finally, you're like, I just wanted to go to him. And go. He does this every night. He's sober. You're drunk. You're screwed. You're never gonna win. You're never gonna win. And uh, and so by the end of the week, I was just like. Why do you hate women so much? Who who do you date? He goes, oh, my girlfriend's a, a stripper. And uh, I wrote the, the, the joke, which is uh, – and I genuinely asked him this. I said, you know, if you dated librarians, uh, you wouldn't be – you'd be bitching about how women be reading too much. <laughs> but like strippers, it's all going to be about money yeah. and drugs and, and, you know, it's not going to be about – it's, you're Understandably, not, by the way, what a horrible life. It you is know, not like be- a great you job. You better be getting a lot of cash. Yeah, I hope that you're making a great deal of money. Um, <laughs> did, did we? I, you know that obsession. I, I have this obsession with. I want to know how much money people come from. Oh right, like in stand up. Yes, there's so there's a just co- stand up though. Just stand up though. I don't care about the rest of it. If you, there are comedians that are that are children of billionaires, and right. I feel like you need to let me know so I don't compare myself to you. Like, <laughs> You gotta say hi. I was born on third base. Oh, okay, that's cool. So that's why you're not worried about bombing, and you're able to create right. brilliant characters because you can take the time and out you to can do hire it. and you can hire a crew to film it, and it looks very beautiful. <laughs> yes. And but the weird, like my sister, there's, there's is, just that fallback confidence of I'm I'm going to be okay no matter what, and, and you can meditate that into yourself too. But that doesn't that pay takes your years. Rent. That yes. takes years too. It is not as uh, effective as just when you're 18 being given a million dollars. Yeah. But the my sister's boss is a guy named John Taft, mm-hmm. and he tells the story about how he went to Yale and he studied Italian journalism, 
And yeah. he said, you know, you wonder how a guy named uh, – a guy who studied uh, Italian journalism, the history of Italian journal or Italian yeah. something, uh, became the head of one of the largest banking institutions in North America. Have I told you about my great-grandfather, William, William. Howard Taft? Wow. And so that's a guy who knew that he was born on third base sure. and didn't hide it and didn't – you know, and I'm not saying that these comics are hiding it, but they oh, – No, no, no. There's no and, worry. Yeah, and I and – I, yeah, again, like I was – we're not going to name names because I no. don't want no one's a demon or anything, but it's just no, and sometimes they're very funny. Yeah, very funny. But there's this one guy and we were both sort of and we were in New York. We were kind of at the same level of doing spots, you know, and no one's making a lot of money. And he right. was talking about how he goes to his office every day, his own personal office to write comedy. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> how do you do in that? New York City? What? He had an office? Yes. Yeah, that's and insane. It, it turns out, you know, there's some family money, right? You know, versus I was going to my HTML job, you know? <laughs> right? <It's> like, <laughs> and not I'm, writing comedy, and not writing, writing code, right? It it is, it's, and the thing is, is is it doesn't it doesn't it gives you, and I have seen the, actually the money destroy people too, you know, like people. But, who you mean comics from, getting money or comics no, coming? From comics it? coming for money, and then they just they're like, well, I guess I want to do stand up. And oh, just wandering right. into stand-up and not really committing to it because they don't have to. Hi, I'm James, host of Minority Corner, which is a... Podcast that's all about intersectionality. It's hosted by James with a guest host every week. Discussing all sorts of wonderful issues, nerdy and political. Pop culture. Black, queer, feminism. Race, sexuality. News. You're going to learn your history, their self-empowerment, and it's told by what feels like your best friend. Why should someone listen to Minority Corner? Why not? Oh my God, Stuff. There's not free stuff. The listeners of Minority Corner will enjoy some necessary LOLs, but mainly a look at what's happening in our world through a colorful lens. People will get the perspective of marginalized communities. I feel heard. I feel seen. Like you said, you need to understand how to be more proactive in your community, and this is a great way to get started. Join us every Friday on Max Fun or wherever you get your podcast. Minority, Minority Corner. Corner. Because, because together, together we're the majority. majority. So many people do that, though. You know? Right, oh, with or without money. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, you could can't you tell like but oh. everyone someone will surprise me where they're still in ten years later and I'm like oh I thought you were a dilettante and you're here oh, that's man. great man there's a guy in Minneapolis who um, I refer to him as Anastasia mm-hmm. because he is a princess he is a princess <laughs> of the P He's and dead. he is a lovely man shot to death by very funny <laughs> Ooh, historical reference yeah uh, <laughs> so he but he is. He went from open mic to headliner in an unprecedented two years. Very, very funny guy. Amazing guy. Never had to do shitty one-nighters. Started doing shitty one-nighters after, you know, he didn't want to travel quite as much. Yeah. And, uh, and then hated shitty one-nighters because it's a shitty one-nighter, if you don't know, uh, is nine career drunks sitting at the bar playing trivia mm-hmm. while you tell jokes. Right. And they've, they've muted the televisions. Oh, yeah. And, but they've, uh, but they and haven't the, turned them and off. And the captions are on. So <laughs> they can still get all the content of the TV. Sure. They can still watch Castle. And, uh, <laughs> And sort of tune back in. Well, you don't want to have to catch up to Castle, <laughs> right? The, right, you get all confused. And uh, but the the, the he, so he would get mad about it, and he would say things like he would storm off stage, and go, "You people don't deserve stand up comedy." And uh, and 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 but well, my, that's a way to make them like you. Well, and uh, the one horrible story is, of course, is the bartender one time said. He was telling the story. He said, and the bartender came up to me and he tried to give me the $200 for the night. And I go, keep your money. And then all of the comics sitting in the circle gasped. We're like, no, 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 don't turn down the money. We all need the money. And he, he, uh, he was a single dad and he lived with his parents too. And so for some reason he didn't need the money. I don't remember why. But he, he, one time, he was the meanest person to people that weren't funny. Like who had been doing stand-up for like 10, 15 years. And... He was headlining some weekend room outside of Minnesota, and this guy came and he was like, ah, and he had okayed it with the booker that he was going to do a guest set. And after that guy set, uh, (laughs) Dave goes up to him and says, you have to stop doing stand-up comedy. I've been watching you for 15 years, and you've never said anything funny. And the rest of us are like, that is none of your business, Dave. (laughs) But uh, it's an interesting choice on your part. uh, It was very funny. But the weirdest part of that story was the guy listened to him, totally like was like, I love your work, man, and came back the next night and did another guest set. Huh. So didn't even hear it. 
Well, so, people like that. I, I love people like right? that who don't hear the silence. <laughs> that's always <laughs> astonishing Prince, to can't me. Hear the laughter, man. He, yeah, that's he, something else. Uh, yeah, they, they just they bomb and they they, they never don't, know. They don't see it. I mean, know. they're fascinating, you know, yeah. and they're fascinating in a way uh, you can get you can get them in a minute and then you you get their whole personality in a minute and then you have to get away. And right. I just actually I'm avoiding somebody like that right now <laughs> <laughs> in this room in Meltdown Comics <laughs> where, oh, my God, oh my God, he's over by Planetary. And I used to buy that Warren Ellis. There was this uh, meme on Facebook about that Vince Gill, who's a country country musician. Very, okay, he's very famous, very and, famous um, country singer. Vince he, Gill, Vince Gill, he's really good. And he was just talking about how his songs cost ninety nine cents each on iTunes. Right, and that's how much they cost in nineteen sixty. And they cost the same amount as a fart noise, and just sort of. So he means like a like a single in 1960 yeah. was 99 yes. cents, and now on iTunes they're 99 cents for an MP3. Yeah, it's the same money, and it's the same money as any as any audio file. That is 55 years. Yeah, six, yeah, 55 years later. Right. It hasn't gone up. Huh. I mean, and I I uh, I don't know how people are going to keep making. It seems like we're we're at the point where people who have made money can afford to do that, you know. But I don't know how new newer comics are going to be have well, an income. Do, I mean, you just create content, right? And, and I mean, it'd be great to have, like, I know... It costs people- money to create content. It costs money to hire... I just filmed a special. Oh, it cost right. me probably $20,000 to do it. I, I paid for it myself. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know... I'm trying to sell it now, but if I don't sell it, I'm going to try to sell it on my... I will try to sell... I will sell it, you know. It'll be available for sale. Right. And I'll need, like, 5,000 people to pay $5 until I, you know, break even. Like, how... How is that gonna? How can people do that? <laughs> How's that I gonna mean, work? I could only afford to do that because I I have a good you writing have a job. job. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I'm like per, like from money now. I'm I'm one of those right. Like you I have can afford a to find my own income. thing. Yeah, but I can't afford to do it next year. I can't afford to keep dumping right. money into new specials. That's a one time thing only. Yep. So I did mine a little over a year year and a half right. ago, and um, I paid for it myself. And it's because we were told Netflix wanted content, and yeah. uh, sure, sure. Maybe they do. Uh, they haven't yet wanted my content, but uh, God love them. Uh, but but I did. I paid for it myself, and it was uh, – I worked with the club and some young comics, and we kind of split the cost of it, so it was a little bit less. Twenty grand is supposedly a deal. Mine was – was ten, and yeah. it was, and I had a hard time coming up with the ten. Yeah. So, but it was, um, and then there's this five dollar download, right? So I go and I had it on allthingscomedy.com dot mm-hmm. for a five dollar download for about a year, and I sold probably three thousand. That's not bad. It's okay, except for that. The five dollar price point is the Louis C.K. price point, right? Right. Because he has a hundred thousand fans. Sure. And so now I've moved it to a different website where it is now ten dollars. You guys, it's still a deal, super deal for an hour you know, of comedy. Yeah. And uh, and it's ten bucks, and you own it forever, or you can buy a hard copy of. I printed DVDs to sell them at my shows. But it's it's like people. They're so used to getting stuff for free. You know, we have right, you to be could paid at some point. <laughs> right. You know, right. and and like I just uh You should do ten bucks, because ten bucks is fair. Sure. And twenty bucks is is a little you know twenty bucks is getting greedy. Is, ten bucks is fair. And it isn't greedy, it's just ambitious. Yes. It <laughs> I don't think it's uh, yeah. Cause you put what, how many years in is this your first special? Yes, yeah, my well, it's a, it's only album? about my dad. It's a very targeted special too. So oh, I did right. pay a lot in blood and grief. It's yes. about uh, it's about death and cancer and hospice. Right, uh, but it's all stand up. It's all just jokes. It's not a one person show. There's no sad moments in it. It's right. pure jokes about <laughs> what everyone wants to hear about cancer and cancer someone dying in your arms and your family. Yeah. Yes, um, but uh, like there's this. Uh, I just you know. Uh, Paid full price. I paid fifteen ninety nine for uh, eight hours of a show called Deutschland eighty three, which is a, a a spy show. It's a German. It's a German. It's uh, an East made German Germ- spy going into yeah, made in Germany. It's great. It's it's like the Americans, but it's East Germany going oh, into wow. West Germany instead of Russia hiding in yeah, the yeah. US. It's great. And I paid what you pay for a movie. I paid for eight hours of quality production. Great. And and people are still like kind of balking and trying to get stuff like that for free. And like it's it's okay to pay an artist for something they do, you know? Right. Right. It's uh, and we're all splitting Netflix accounts anyway. Yeah. So how crazy right. is, you know, I mean, my nephew uses my Netflix account. And if I ever want to talk to him, I just change the password. <laughs> Dude has to call me. And uh, so, but the uh, uh, the crazy thing is, is it's, it's, 
Yeah, the content is worth something, and yeah. it's. And I think that people do accept that. I mean, I think there's a there's a point where everyone reaches where you're like, I think well, old gonna... people accept it. I don't well, think young people accept it. No, no, because they're broke and they're like, well, no, I want that new uh, Nicki Minaj album, yeah. and yet I'm not going to pay for it. But then when they're 26 or 27 years old, they're like, oh, I have a job. I should probably pay for that album. Cause no, that they're not. Could, no? I, I see. <laughs> oh, do you see <laughs> no, some, that doesn't happen until they're like 45. Oh, 40. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, we're going to have to right. wait forever to get paid back on our specials. Oh, my God. It's not happening anytime soon. So. <laughs> That is hilarious. Well, it's been um, we're coming on our first hour. This is it. We're we're at about an hour here, which yeah. is good. And uh, so, do you, this is what it will be like. We yeah. will talk a lot about stand up comedy. We will talk a lot about the issues of the day. I want to hear our opinions. Yeah, don't you? Yep. Why not? <laughs> like, what about that John Ham thing? Anyway, what about? <laughs> oh, can we very quickly? Sure. Because that was that just ha- that's that, that just happened that, last night. It's not evergreen, but it's uh, well. As I tweeted, Jennifer Westfeld broke up with her longtime boyfriend, John Ham. Yeah, but yes. it, it, the but Hollywood Reporter. Famous. Okay, so she he's forty four, she's forty five. They both look great. You know, I think they're both out. equally handsome, attractive for their ages mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, the Hollywood Reporter said John Ham broke up, broke up with his longtime girlfriend. The longtime girlfriend, longtime girlfriend Jennifer West Westfeld is a writer and director. She's directed and a wrote and starred in her own movie, which person. is so fucking hard to do. Right. And she did. And she did Kissing Jessica Stein. Um, she wrote and starred in that, like in 2007, way before. She, like she was the f- more famous one of the two for right. a time. And you know maybe and if she would and if she would have been the more famous one, maybe the Hollywood Reporter would have written. Yeah, but she's in terms of accomplishment, what she's done is incredibly impressive. It's right. so hard to it, the directors, especially directing for women. It's in, there's so few female directors, and so that she was able to like push through that and direct the film and and was and then be delegated the to second. his longtime <laughs> girlfriend is just appalling. Right, and why is it news? Why is it news in the Hollywood Reporter? Anyway? Oh, you know, well, who gives you, a hot damn? Here's the thing: if you look, like, I again, out of curiosity, I, I <laughs> you type in John Hamm into Twitter. Okay, I will fuck you, John. Hamm. It's just like a nonstop <laughs> women offering to spread their legs for John Hamm, and then you type Excellent. in Jennifer well, Westfeld. It's long term oh, girlfriend. Really, it's girlfriend. I, oh, it's never. It's not it's never guys really like oh, I'm gonna. And then you wouldn't actually want guys going. I'm gonna fuck you hard, Jennifer. <laughs> like she wouldn't want that either. But it, it I. You know, it was just sort of appalling. Right, right. I it guess was... I wanted to be appalled before I went to bed last night, so right. I did Success. all this work. I thought about ta- looking up Africa and seeing what was going on there. No, it was... Uh, <laughs> what? what? No, it was... Well, because there's always something horrible and sad True. happening in Africa. I wish... Not that Africa is one country, you guys. I know it isn't. I know this it is. We're at our last hour, and finally Jackie goes ballistic on Africa. That's it. We finally... Well, the and it isn't John's ha- John Ham's fault that the, ho- the Hollywood Reporter is all not just all. like... I'm sure and... he's uh, equally... Uh, appalled because and he's... I'm sure they're both super sad. They've been together for like 18 years. I sure. read right. Yeah, so they're both like, well, this didn't work. Yeah, and uh, we gave it a good run though. Excellent. Sometimes run. I think about 18 years together, and I'm like, my bro- one of my brothers got divorced after like 17 years, and he said it was a really good 11 year marriage. <laughs> and I said, what, ah, is your, what does your wife think? Ow. He said it was probably a really good nine year marriage. Oh, and I shit. said, I, I don't think she enjoyed that. That's last a lot couple. of time of hating who you live with, or just being bored and annoyed. And yeah. <laughs> Just kind of lying there thinking of England. All Who right. Knows? Yeah. Shall we say goodnight? You want to end on that? Yeah. yeah. Let's end on that. Hopefully they're not, they don't want to divorce us. I'm Jackie Cation. You I'm... can go to JackieCation.com <laughs> or FamilyPetAncestry.com and see my stand-up comedy. I'm Lori Kilmartin. I'll see you soon. What is it? LoriKilmartin.com? Yeah, it's Kilmartin.com. Oh, just Kilmartin. Yep. Because you're Irish. I got it. I, well, it's because I got my domain early. I was, I was on the internet in 96, my website. Right. Not to brag. That's the kind of gems I'm like you'll an get early when you nerd. listen uh, to Jackie and Lori Pod show, show yeah. pod, whatever it's called. Thanks now. for listening. This is our first one. And so if you have comments, um, we'll, we'd be happy to delete them, please. <laughs> <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.